Chapter 9 of The Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeff Blanchard. The Homesteader by Oscar Mugeau. Epoch the Fourth. The Gossip. I've been over to the McCarthy's today, cried Mildred Merrily, greeting her mother as she returned home the Sunday following the filing of the suit. And, oh, mamma, they are certainly excited over there. Hmm, guess I'll understand that Jean-Baptiste better now, because he had wished to settle their difficulties. If there were any, like a man, they thought he was afraid of the reverend. That was it, positively. What was the conversation? Of course it was Ethel who was making the most of the noise. Naturally, and she made some noise. I'd wager. To begin with, they didn't know Jean had sued the Reverend until they read it in the paper. Is that so? Yes, you see, it was like this. Orlean sold her farm. Gave it away. Quite likely. It was so. Why, I understand that Baptiste had paid over $3,500 into it, and that place was supposed to be worth about $40 an acre with 160 acres bringing the sum of $6,400. The insurance companies would lend $2,500 on the place if she had proved up on the same as other people were doing and had done, and secured a patent. Isn't that a shame? Niggers, Negroes proper. Well, what did they say? Oh yes, Orlean sold her farm some time ago for $300. Is that all she received? Every cent. Well, what do you think of that? It was the reverend's work, of course. That dirty old rascal. Ignorant into the bargain. If I were Baptiste, I'd kill him. That would do no good. No, I guess not. Would make him appear a martyr also. Well, ever since Orlean sold her place, you see, they have been uneasy. I guess so so they have been sort of looking to hear from him. And they have, Mildred laughed, and they'll hear from him some more. Both laughed. Now Orlean heard that Jean was in town before the rest of the family did, and told me so. She waited a long time to tell other people things she hadn't told the folks first. Yes, thoughtfully. Anyhow, Glavis met Baptiste on the streets downtown, and, of course, Glavis, not knowing Baptiste's mission, thought he was here after Orlean again. Just like him, the truth. He was by here a while ago. He was? Yes, but I'll tell you about that later. Go on. When he met Jean on the street, rather, after, he goes around to where Orlean worked to warn her. Sneak. But Orlean was out. Yes. So when she returned, and was told that a coloured man had called and inquired for her, she thought it had been Baptiste. Yes, I'll try to quit interrupting you. Well, Orlean told me that she was provoked. She wished that Jean would not be calling at where she worked to bother her. She got fooled, excuse me. But she didn't say anything to the folks about it. And they knew nothing of his presence in town. Clavis didn't tell, it seems, either until Sunday morning. Indeed. No, none of them had gone out Saturday night, so they hadn't heard any of the talk that was going the rounds. 
Well, Gravis went outside Sunday morning and found the defender in the mailbox. So? You see, they do not subscribe for it, but the people next door get it, and knowing they were not subscribers, they take the paper and place it where they could get it. Mildred laughed. So, resumed Mildred, when they saw the paper, all was excitement. Goody! So Glavis, he is the reverend's faithful lieutenant, you know, went out to look up Baptiste and have a talk with him. Ump! He didn't find him. That was how he happened by here. But the funny part about it is that they don't know what Baptiste is up to. They don't know that if he secures a judgment, he can remand the elder to jail for six months. Now won't that be some excitement when they learn? Mildred laughed again. Her mother joined her. But getting back to Ethel. Tell me about her. Oh, she was on the warpath. You see, she cried, standing over Orlean. You see, what you've done by your hard-headedness, I told you all the time not to marry that man. Wouldn't that disgust you? But you would go ahead and marry him. You would go ahead and marry him. After all, Papa and I tried to persuade you not to. And now you are going to kill your father, going to kill your poor old father. Orlean just hung her head like a silly and took it. Yes, went on Ethel, turning her little slender body around and twisting her jaws as if to grind it out. You've got him all mixed up with that nigger, and here he comes in here and sues him. Think of it. Sues him. And now all the niggers in Chicago have the laugh on us. We daren't show our faces in the street. And what has he done it for? But Ethel, Orlean protested, Papa isn't worth anything. He can't do anything with Papa if he gets a judgment. What do you know about judgments? Ethel flew up. Well, said Orlean, I recall hearing Jean say that if a man was worth nothing, then a judgment was of little or no good. You heard Jean say it? screamed Ethel, looking at Orlean severely. And then she turned to me. Do you know, Mildred, she rang out, this fool woman loves that man yet. Yes, yes, loves him yet, and would go back to him tomorrow, if it wasn't for us. Doesn't it beat anything you ever saw? Mildred laughed again as she paused for breath. Well, Ethel went on, and don't you think that nigger is a fool? No, no, never. That's a scheming nigger. He's the schemingest nigger in the world. He knows what he's about, believe me. He knows Papa isn't worth anything, and besides, he isn't after money. He's after Papa. He don't want no money. A scheming nigger like him can make all the money he wants. Oh, yes, he's up to something else. Seems they are willing to admit very readily now that which they were not as long as he tried to deal with them like a man. I should think so, returned Mildred. Well, Ethel was so excited that she walked up and down the floor in a rage. Every little while she would stop before me and glare into my face. But what can he do? What can he do? I have nothing to do with it, Ethel, I replied. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. You know, I know you and I know Jean-Baptiste. He never comes to Chicago without coming to see you all. He's told you what he's up to, and I know it. Oh, that nigger. I looked at Orlean, and she sat by looking like the man who has murdered his wife and regrets it. 
when she met my eyes she sighed and then said do you think he can hurt papa mildred i'm worried you see i know jean some he's shrewd jean is very shrewd i confess that i was rather uncomfortable knowing what i did so hoping to find some way to get out of it i suggested that they walk out no exclaimed ethel i'm afraid i'll run into that nigger when do they look for the reverend in in the morning they are afraid to go out until he comes i'd like to be around when they find out what jean is up to mildred laughed again and then cried and oh yes i forgot to tell you that orlene asked me whether jean came direct from the farm here what did you tell her why i said i thought he was visiting down in kansas before coming here Humph, she said i guess he was calling on miss irene gray her mother giggled i said i thought he remarked something about having visited there whereupon orlene said he ought to have married her jealousy yes that was it look there is glavis cried mildred's mother pointing to his figure crossing the street now for some fun said mildred whereupon both feigned sleepiness and prepared for some good interesting gossip oh mr glavis exclaimed mildred answering the rap on the door and admitting him and how is everybody asked glavis coming in with his head bared and smiling in his usual way fine mr glavis replied mildred's mother arising to greet him for the second time that day and where is my friend baptiste said glavis i have just come from the keystone and while he stops there i can never catch him in he has not been here to-day clavis replied mildred that's funny i'd certainly like to see him why would you want to see him inquired mildred's mother oh i want to see him of course about all this scandal that's in the air hump this appears to be the first time that you have wanted to see him since your father-in-law brought orlean home well of course said glavis a little embarrassed it has always been a bad affair a bad affair and i certainly have wished orlean would have kept us out of all the mess why not say you wish the reverend had kept you out of all the mess ventured mildred's mother who was out of patience with their conduct well it's rather awkward baptiste is a little in fault himself how's that oh he sort of had it in for father before he even married orlean he didn't come into the family like i did mildred and her mother regarded each other as glavis went on thoughtfully yes baptiste is a good fellow and i have always rather liked him but he has always had it in for father has never treated him as i have if he would have i am sure we would not be the bone of this scandal it seems that this enmity between your father and baptiste began way back in the southern part of this state when baptiste was a small boy i've heard something concerning that but of course he oughtn't hold such things against a man when he has grown up you seem to hold baptiste in fault for everything when it's common knowledge from what i can hear clavis argued mildred's mother that the elder went up there and just broke all in and baptiste up made her sign his name to a check for a big sum of money and a whole lot of other things how do you account for or explain that well baptiste could have settled this without all that if he'd come and seen me before starting this suit glavis was evasive 
i would have had him and orlean meet and reason their differences out together why have you waited so long to take such action glavis you had years almost to have gotten them together to have been at least fair to baptiste as it is you have treated all of you baptiste like a dog like a dog and because he tried to settle an affair like he ought to have been settled you just ground him pride and all right into the ditch glavis winced under the fuselade with which the elder lady of the house bombarded him and now after you do him all the injury you can you cry about him making a scandal just because he didn't come around again a whining like the dog you have tried to make him you profess to be shocked at his conduct moreover you had orlean to give away the farm he gave her and from what i can hear to the man that tried every way known to law to beat her out of it and failed and at baptiste's expense glavis was very uncomfortable he shifted uneasily while his handkerchief was kept busy mopping the perspiration from his brow i heard that the reverend just scored the man about trying to beat poor orlean out of her place preached a great sermon on the evil and intriguing of the white race and just gave that man a banker the devil then upon top of that he comes down here to chicago and sends your father the money to come here from cairo to sell him the place that baptiste was man enough to trust her with for nothing i can't figure out where any of you have any cry coming well said glavis rising i want to see baptiste anyhow if you see him tell him to come over to the house no glavis i have nothing to do with it and i oughtn't be gossiping as i have been but i have known baptiste since he was a little boy and i just can't help protesting as i have always therefore protested about the way you people have treated him well i guess baptiste hates all of us enough to make up baptiste has nothing against any one in that house over there but your father but there would be no use in me telling him to call over there no use at all for let me tell you she said following him to the door the day of baptiste beholding unto you for his wife is past i don't think he wants orlean any more and i don't blame him after what she has allowed to happen to him through her lack of womanhood nor siri baptiste didn't come into chicago this time crying he came here like a man and it's the man in him with which you'll have to fight now oh well i don't know said glavis taking a little courage i don't think he is so wise after all any man that will sue a man like father for ten thousand dollars wouldn't seem so wise well returned the elder lady perhaps you had better wait until you see a lawyer end of chapter nine epoch the fourth the gossip